loves good love land. episode of What's Good Loveland, your guide for arts, entertainment, and culture of Loveland, Colorado. It's me, your host, Dan Bublitz Jr. How are you today? Are you feeling okay? Did you have a good week? Was it stressful, perhaps? Are you ready for the weekend? I know I'm ready for the weekend. I started a new day gig this week, and I'm very excited about this new gig, but uh, I'm also ready for the weekend. It's been a pretty intense week. A lot of information coming my way as I step into my new role with uh, my new position. I'm actually working with uh, Off the Hooks Arts in Fort Collins. They are an art nonprofit that helps children with music lessons. They put on concerts and uh, they do fundraising so that they can then invest in the community by providing, again, music lessons to children in the area. So I'm very excited about this new position. I'm working for a great organization and I'm doing stuff that I love involved with marketing and event management and things like that. So I'm excited about that. But it was a lot of information that I took in this week. So I am ready for the weekend. There's a, and, there, and I'm excited because there's a lot going on this week in Loveland and the surrounding areas. I'm going to, last weekend, I didn't get to take part. Did you, did you take part in any arts and entertainment last weekend? Did you go to any live music, any live comedy, anything like that? Well, if you didn't, I hope you think about doing it this weekend because there is a lot going on. Uh, I didn't get to do that last weekend because I was out of town last weekend. I was actually in uh, Plano, Texas for a comedy festival, and I had a good time. I got to see some old friends. I made some new friends. I got to perform on some fun comedy shows. I got to hang out with some cool comedians, do some socializing, network, and it was a good time. I had a blast. But I'm excited because this weekend I'm staying local. I'm going to get to take part in some of the events coming up this weekend. I'm going to be involved in a local event. I have a comedy show locally tonight uh, here in Loveland, Colorado, and I'll talk a little more about that. There's a bunch of fun, a uh, bunch of fun Halloween events coming up. Uh, not just this weekend, but in the next few weeks until we get to Halloween. So a lot of fun things, and I'm excited to take part. So before we talk about what's coming up this week, uh, let's talk about this week's episode. This week's episode, I have a great conversation for you this week. This week, my guest is Brian Fiok, who is the owner of The Ball Joint. He is a uh, cook, and he had an incredible story. He's a cook, chef, restaurant owner, however you want to identify him. Uh, that's what he is, but he's fantastic at what he does, and he had an incredible story. He was he went from being a minister to a real estate person to an MMA fighter and trainer to owning his own restaurant here in Loveland, Colorado. So it was a quite the story. We talked about the trials and tri- tribulations of owning your own business, especially when you have a business that is a little bit, uh, can be considered a little bit crass or a little bit edgy, uh, depending on how you want to describe it. But uh, his marketing definitely 
makes his restaurant stand out. It is an attention getter, and I have to say the food at his restaurant is fantastic. I've eaten there. I love it. Uh, it did its job. It got its atten- got my attention as soon as I moved here. I drove past the place. I had to know what it was. I went and Googled it, found out it was a restaurant and uh, a specialty restaurant that specializes in uh, curating foods in balls. So it has like meatballs and it has, uh, you can have like a Reuben ball and just so many different things like that. And it's fantastic. All the food is great. And we talk about that in this episode about how uh, Brian decides or how he gets inspired to create these recipes and to put something into the form of a ball to then add to the menu of his restaurant. And it, yeah, it was a fantastic conversation. So that's what's coming up on the the show today. But before we do that, we got to talk about events. So let's get into that. Let's get into, uh, let's see what's coming up this week. Things to do in Loveland. Here are this week's What's Good Loveland upcoming events. Friday, October 21st through Sunday, October 23rd, the Northern Colorado Home Show will be taking place at the Ranch Events Complex. For more information, visit NorthColoradoHomeShow.com. At 8 p.m., Big Beaver Laughs and Drafts Comedy Showcase takes place at Big Beaver Brewing. For more information and tickets, visit BlitzedEntertainment.com. Marty Nightingale will be playing rock and soul at the Poor House Bar and Grill in downtown Loveland at 8 p.m. From 8 to 11 p.m., the Joe O'Brien Band will be playing at East End Ale House. Saturday, October 21st, from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Foundry Plaza, the Downtown Pumpkin Festival is taking place. From 1 to 3 p.m. at the High Plains Environmental Center, it's a Native American powwow with the Iron Family. From 4 to 10 p.m., starting at Loveland Ale Works, is the Zombie Crawl. Sunday, October 24th, the Festival of Frights kicks off and lasts until October 28th. The Halloween Festival will include spooky historic tours of the Rialto Theater and a special theatrical screening of the 1953 classic horror film House of Wax starring Vincent Price. Tuesday, October 25th, Painting and Pints at Verboten Brewing from 6 to 8 p.m. Thursday, October 27th, Booze and Booze Downtown Loveland Halloween Bar Crawl kicks off at Scripted Bar and Grill at 6 p.m. And that's a wrap on this week's What's Good Loveland upcoming events. Wow, so many fun events taking place this week in Loveland, Colorado. It's almost hard to decide what to do because there are so many things happening, and a lot of times they happen simultaneously with other events, so you have to pick wisely. I would love to hear what your picks are. What are your picks for the upcoming week in Loveland for things to do? You know, you can get in con- connect with us on facebook.com slash what's good Loveland or send us an email to what's good Loveland at gmail.com. Love to hear what you what your picks are for the week or the things that you're going to do in this upcoming week. One of the things I know for sure that I'm going to be doing this week is tonight, uh, uh, October 21st, I'm going to be hosting the Big Beaver Laughs and Drafts Comedy Showcase over at Big Beaver Brewing here on the the west side of Loveland, just off of 34, west side, just off of 34 and Wilson. 
uh, west of there, a couple blocks. That's where we'll be. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic show. I curated the lineup myself. Uh, I handpicked these comics, and they're great, and I'm, I'm excited to have this showcase over at Big Beaver Brewing. So we've been doing some open mics over there. Now we're doing an actual comedy show. Tickets have sell, been selling pretty well, uh, but there's probably still tickets available. You can get them online by going to blitzedentertainment.com, or you can get them at the door. It's $7 in advance or $10 at the door. I also think I'm going to head downtown this weekend and check out some of the events on Saturday, including the Zombie Crawl. That looks like so much fun. I'm so excited about that. Another event that I I saw online when I was looking for the events to highlight this week, and uh, I didn't highlight it in the thing, but there's also a flannel fest going on in downtown Loveland this weekend. So you can really outdo yourself and be, uh, you can wear flannel as part of your zombie costume and be a zombie, a flannel zombie. There you go. You can be a flannel zombie, and uh, you'll probably win both things. You'll win all the things if you are, uh, if you go down as a flannel zombie. And if you do, if you, if you, if you decide to dress up as a flannel zombie, please send pics. Uh, I would love to see them. Send them to the email, whatsgoodloveland at gmail.com. Or you can send them to the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com, What's Good Loveland. That would be an amazing thing to see. All right, so that takes care of what's going on this week. Uh, again, a lot of fun things to do. Right now, let's get into this conversation with Brian Fiok. Enjoy. It's a really interesting place. Whomever is involved in planning and in city development and all of that stuff, there's there's some people making important decisions about cultivating art and mm-hmm. all in all forms. You know, yeah, um, absolutely. Just driving around Loveland and seeing the electrical boxes with art on it mm-hmm. and uh, the the Loveland Hearts and um, murals and all. You just don't. Yeah, that yeah. everywhere. No, you don't. Not at all. That that's very true, and that's that's one of the things that kind of uh, caught my attention right away when we when we were looking to move here. We you know we were we came to visit the town because we were trying to find something in Denver mm-hmm. because it's closer to where uh, my partner's office is. But we it worked out that we were able to expand our search a little bit outside of Denver, and somebody suggested our realtor suggested, "Well, have you looked at these towns?" And this was one of them. And mm. we came up here, and we we spent the day up here just checking things out. We went to, to you know to a couple restaurants and a couple you know different establishments. We went downtown, walked around, saw all this great art, and I was just like, okay, I really like this town. And a lot <laughs> of it was because of the art, the art, the artist touch, I guess you yeah, could say, for sure. Yeah, um, and, and it takes a city, um, and like I said, the powers that be in places. Um, embracing it Mm -hmm. you know oh absolutely accepting embracing cultivating Mm -hmm. fostering yeah um and and it's a shame that more towns and cities don't do it yeah i agree (laughs) but i think part of that though while i feel like there are artists you know there's obviously artists in every town and you can and and there's art galleries and things like that but i don't think every town or city necessarily while it's there has a strong enough community to support it in the sense of in order to make these things happen you need to have you know artists you need painters you need you know 
sketch people. You need musicians. You need you need comedians. all the th- yeah comedians. <laughs> yeah, need comedians. But you need all the different types of artists in that community to help. You know, yeah, com- cultivate the art and pr- pr- and produce the art yeah. for the city. Absolutely. You know, otherwise it gets real expensive because then you have to contract. You know, people to come into your city to do <laughs> yeah. <this> stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's when it's, and or- I'm sure they probably do that too. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, probably. But um, to to have the organic development of it, I mean, just the word culture, and when you think about what a culture is in a petri dish, mm-hmm. you know, you t- take a, um, you know, a, an organic substance and you put it in this petri dish, you create a culture. It's a yeah, living yep. thing that's developing and. Um, some places just have it, you know, have more, I guess there's just a lot of moldy people in Loveland <laughs> or something, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's in, it, you know, um, a lot of it's organic, yeah. you know, cult develop. And I wonder too, if that's part partially because of that, like the areas. And when I say that, I mean like, so like Colorado as an example, as like a whole, I feel like there are a lot of artist communities, like mm-hmm. my partner's dad lives down out. He lives outside of Mancos, Colorado, which is down by Durango, and that's a big art city. There's a lot of artists that live in that okay. area. That it's just a small mountain town, but there's a lot of artists that live there. A lot of writers, a lot of painters, a mm. lot of you know different things like. So that. a lot of photography and um, bronze and sculpture mm-hmm. artists around too. You know, for whatever reason, I, I'm assuming just the environment and the terrain and the mountains uh, just attracted artists of all forms you know well i suppose with that going along that it's it's that mountains and landscapes and some of this stuff is very inspiring yeah i mean i remember i was coming back from san diego earlier this year and i just drove through grand junction i think and i was just getting you know as you enter the mountains Mm -hmm. and i happened to be coming like it was just before wasn't quite dusk, but it was getting there, and the way the sun was shining on the mountains, it looked so beautiful. I mean, it almost brought me to tears. It was so beautiful to <laughs> yeah. see. I'm like, I was like, I can see where artists get inspired by when yeah. you see stuff like that. <laughs> Absolutely, I I've often said that um, this area, if you're gonna live in a place that has a winter. You know, like if you could live in the tropics, uh, you know, on, a, <laughs> right. on an island, of course, uh, you know, who's not going to want to do that? But if you have to live where there's a winter, and I've lived a number of places, um, this is about the, as nice as you can get. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, it's like a, the beach of a landlocked place. You yep. know what I mean? As yep. far as beauty and and uh, the picturesque environment. And Loveland, you know, I assume maybe because being at the foothills just before the mountains, you know, it's just a nice landing spot mm-hmm. between no. the mountains and Denver. And Oh yeah. It's a good, it's very centrally located. Well, and that, that's a good lead in. Cause I, I always like to ask my guests what their connection is to Loveland or, and if they're not from here originally, like what brought you to Loveland? How did you get here? <laughs> oh man. Especially what? you, because you know, <laughs> based on the information that I got prior to this, you know, chat, You've lived all over, not just all over the country, you've lived all over the world. Like, you've traveled and lived all over the world. So how does somebody that goes from living 
in well, I believe it was Pennsylvania, correct? That's, yeah, you, that's where I grew up. Yeah. Grew up in Pennsylvania. You go from living in different countries and different places within the United States, and then you end up in Loveland. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what a journey! Interestingly, like um, I've had, I had two sort of paths here to Colorado. Um, first was when uh, in, my, in a former life, when I was a minister, we used to come every year to a, um, a big like you know, meeting type thing, you know, where everybody from around the country would come to this church in Longmont. And um, so we spent a lot of time in Longmont over the years. And I remember thinking, like, this was just such a cool place. I thought it was great. Um, and my ex-wife and I had talked about living here, potentially sort of basing our operations at the time. Um, I was a missionary and mm -hmm. And uh, I think I had mentioned to you before that I kind of understand the the comedy thing and traveling and what we call itinerating in, in yep. the ministry world. You know, I would set up engagements and go travel in different states, different churches and speak and all that. So anyway, um, kind of always had my eye on Colorado just because I really enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot to enjoy here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and... Well, where I grew up, there was like one Mexican restaurant basically my whole life. I think there's two now <laughs> in the Pittsburgh area. I, I can relate. In the town that I grew up in, there wasn't a lot of options. I grew up in a town that now, well, when I grew up, when I was in high school, I think the population was right around 20,000, but it's digressed a lot, and now it's right around 13,000, 14,000. Okay. But yeah, so I can relate to not having a lot of yeah. options. <laughs> yeah, and um, people in a in a place like Colorado with a lot of uh, Mexican heritage and background and amazing Mexican culture, um, I tell them like the restaurant I grew up at eating at was Chi-Chi's and, and they start <laughs> laughing and I, you know, initially I'm like, what are you laughing at? You know, and like, yep. they're like, Chi-Chi's, uh, <laughs> that was the name of the place, you know? Well, of course now they, I, I think it's a national brand, you know, like salsa and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. Way back when I was a kid, that was the Mexican restaurant. Um, so, you know, um, really enjoyed Colorado, uh, previously. And then, I kind of found my way out of the ministry and into uh, a different life and um, ended up in real estate. And so it just so happened that a good friend of mine who had also been in the ministry and was no longer uh, doing that got into real estate. I was in real estate in Wisconsin. And um, so he was... Oh, you really have lived all over. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Um, didn't see I didn't see Wisconsin coming up on that bingo <laughs> card of where you live. But. Uh, it it is on there. Um, I counted up a couple years ago, two or three moves ago. I'm 46 years old. I counted 42 moves in my life. Wow. Um, yeah, I've moved around a lot too. Usually, people who move around, you you wonder, you're like, what's their past? What are they mm. running from? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> My emotional distress, mm -hmm. you must know. No, <laughs> and maybe the law. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually currently, I've uh, I moved back to Colorado, so I've moved in and out of Colorado three times. Oh wow! Um, I moved back in 2018, the fall of 20. It'll yeah. So four years ago, um, almost 
uh, next month would be four years that I moved back and, um, Cut. Totally lost. My train of I, I can't remember where I was going with that. That's all right. We were uh, talking about, uh, you know, how kind of how you got here and moving around. Because you're talking about living in Wisconsin and doing real estate. Real, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking so, about real estate. So, yeah. So, so I'm good at what I'm doing. And yeah, <laughs> um, that that's what I was saying. This is the lo- so I moved back here in the fall of 2018, and this is the longest I've ever lived anywhere in my life, other than where I grew up. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I originally moved here in 2007 and was in real estate. And, uh, of course the crash hit in 2008, that changed everything. Yeah. Um, so I went into property management and, um, and moved to North Carolina with the company that I was with, moved back, uh, to manage a property here, moved to Pennsylvania to start my restaurant the first time. Um, and then through another series of events, ended up back in Colorado. So, yeah, I've moved out and back. This is my third time Oh wow, uh, living in Colorado. Well, hey, good for you on that. that hopefully, it's the, this is the, the you know, last time you have to make a big move. I know for me, I moved around quite a bit and moved, you know, several cross-country moves. And I am like, I don't want to move much. It was funny. We were just uh, talking the other day and... Uh, we're looking at other properties for because we're we're trying to get her mom to move down here. Okay. So we're looking at options to get her down here. And one of the the one of the options was just to buy a bigger place and then just let her, you know, have her mm-hmm. live with us. And with that, my 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 partner was like, "I know you said you don't want to move again." And I was like, "I don't mean like if we need to move like within the city, that's fine. When I say <laughs> I don't want to move again, I mean I don't want to move across country again. I would like yeah. to live in a place where I can establish some kind of, you know, roots. And when I say roots, I don't mean like having kids, but like getting involved in the community, Yeah, you know, being part of a community, maybe volunteering at organizations and being involved within the community. I would like to have a place where I can do that because I've moved around so much. It's hard to be involved in a community when, (laughs) you know, you're not going to be there very long. In a lot of the places that I've lived, I knew were kind of temporary places right like i knew this was just going to be for you know a couple of years and then i'm moving on and when you're like that you don't want to get involved because then mm. it makes leaving harder <laughs> yeah yeah man i made the mistake too many times um in the past of like thinking this is the poli- you know this is it i'm gonna live here for the next 30 years i even thought that about italy and brazil like putting you know places like that that i live um and um uh, and it really helped me just as cliche and trite as it sounds, never say never. And, and, uh, you just don't know. You don't uh, No, absolutely <laughs> not. Even now I'm like, you know, I would like not to move across the country, but I know that that could still happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Like I just took a new position working for a nonprofit and they were, you know, kind of wondering about that, you know, what my plans for the future were. And I was like, well, you know, I don't have any plans of moving, but. I can't also not say that that won't happen because I don't know what the future is. I don't know what, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, if I have it my way and and everything goes in my brain, how it should. Yeah. I'm staying for a while. (laughs) Mm. I I interviewed for a culinary services director position recently. And, um, 
And the executive director asked me, she's like, I can't really hold you to this or make you sign a contract, but would you be willing to kind of say that that you'll do this for two or three years, that you'll mm-hmm. really kind of commit to it, and which I can understand when you're trying to build. Uh, it's a brand new property, and they're trying to build something, and you want some continuity. And uh, I was like, could I please stay for 10 years? Like, I'll sign a contract. <laughs> I, can you trap me here? Please. I would like it if you make it. So I'll I live in the go. basement. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to move ever again. So my my primary care doctor, my therapist, and I think the dude I was talking to at Circle K the other day forbid me from moving again. My PTSD level <laughs> from moving <laughs> is at a place where uh, I, I there was one move. Um my ex-wife and I laughed, you know, laugh about it uh, years after I, there were people helping us move. I went up in a closet and just laid down in a ball <laughs> <laughs> in the closet. I just, I couldn't even, I like my brain just shut down. Like I, I'm just not like, I can't do it anymore. This cannot be happening again, but here we are. There, here we are. <laughs> well, that's an incredible story that got you here. And that's kind of a good lead in. You're talking about applying for the job as the uh, the culinary director because that's kind of what we're talking about. That's one one of the things that you're passionate about. You know, I mean, currently, as this as we record this and we release this, mm-hmm. you currently own a restaurant here in town, the Ball Joint, and you're very passionate about cooking. You've you've been on you know you've managed to you know you've owned and operated several uh, variations of this restaurant. You said mm-hmm. uh, not just here in Colorado, but in different different states and 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 everything. And you've even got to be on the cooking channel and mm-hmm. different, like you've made, you know, TV appearances doing with cooking, but you're not formally trained, you said, as a chef. How did you, and I'm curious, how did, I know, how did you transition from being a minister and then real estate and into <laughs> deciding that, hey, I'm going to pursue cooking and, and then different aspects, open my, you know, own restaurant or whatever. But what got you into to the, to the cooking, pursuing that? Well... I just have cooked my whole <laughs> life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, it's pretty well second nature. Um, my my mom, I, I have to thank her because there was one aspect of my life where my life was fairly regimented, you know, church three times a week and school and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just a typical, typical yeah. suburban kid life. And um, and all of that, but, um, I would come home from school and, you know, latchkey kid parents yep. are working, whatever. And my mom would say, I, I would kind of bug her. What can I eat? Or we'd be at the store. I'm like, can you buy this microwavable that and package this? And, and she would say, make something, you know, she mm-hmm. just would. And so I did, that's what I started doing. Um, and that's where I really started honing, you know, I was probably 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, um, some of my earliest, greatest, I suppose, most cherished memories that I have are when I was really little um, in my great-grandmother's basement, um, family, Sundays, Sunday dinners, you know, the Italian, from, from the movies kind of yeah. kind of situation, you know. and um, But for me in particular, it wasn't just the whole ambiance of the family and the get together and the fun and, and all of that, those great memories, but very specifically 
all the other kids and cousins and everybody would be running around playing with other things. I was really interested in the food. Um, I just was fascinated by how the sauce was being made and how the pasta is being cooked and the meatballs, <laughs> um, which is good because I wanted to ask about that of all the different kinds of things that you cook or you could be cooking or, you know, like as a, as a restaurant or a specialty restaurant, wh- how, how'd you land on meatballs? Yeah. So my favorite food meal, like if, if I was going to be offered a last meal, particularly as a kid, um, it would be spaghetti and meatballs mm-hmm. with garlic toast. Um, have to have the garlic toast. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to have pecorino cheese. Got to be that specific cheese. Um, and so that's like some of my earliest memories was three, four, five years old. And of course, I have vague memories, but like seeing photos and stuff, I would get put up on this. Uh, my my great grandmother and grandfather had this big bar in the basement, big long bar and all the food. It was like a giant, the most amazing food buffet <laughs> you could imagine, mm-hmm. but I'd get stood up there and I got to grate the cheese and I would, you know, could I do this? And can I, uh, break up the meat from the sauce and, and all of that. Um, but spaghetti and meatballs, garlic toast, that was it. So that's your favorite meal. Yeah. That's your, yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> um, so in 2009, so pretty good meal. I'm not going to lie. That's uh, oh, can't man. Go wrong with spaghetti and meatballs. And the, so the best thing to do is twirl up your spaghetti on your fork then so a lot of people use a spoon yeah um, so you know italians will have a spoon to twirl their uh long pastas with i would use the meatball so i'd have a meatball on my plate i'd use the meatball to twist my spaghetti on and then i'd cut the meatball so that bite meatball spaghetti and a bite of garlic toast at the same time absolute heaven like that is heaven <laughs> Blowing your young mind. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And um, the thing about that food, like you just had it everywhere. Every Sunday, every graduation party, every wedding rehearsal dinner, <laughs> you know, every, everything. Uh, it was baked chicken and spaghetti and meatballs and um, that kind of stuff. So fast forward, obviously, a number of years. 2009, um, we were hosting a New Year's Eve party at our house. And I was just thinking of different things to make. And I was feeling very nostalgic and very family Christmas Our Christmases. It was from Christmas Eve to New Year's Day food, like tables and tables of food all day, every day. Um, so I was feeling nostalgic about the food and I decided to make meatballs uh, for this New Year's Eve party. And the, you know, as best I could mimic my great grandmother's recipe and everybody all night was like, Oh my God, these meatballs, this sauce is great. And of course, Italian food is, is a little less common, you know, really good authentic Italian food in Colorado. So people were really impressed with it. And so I don't know if it's how good my meatballs were or being slightly hung over the next day. Um, I was sitting there and I was like, balls. What about, what if, I've all I love to cook. I've thought about doing a restaurant before. What if I did a restaurant that wasn't just meatballs, but was like balls, like all different yeah. kinds of balls, like wings, buffalo wings, all those different sauces, and we just do stuff with balls. Yep. So 
couple days later, I talked to my, you know, my wife about it and I went and bought a KitchenAid mixer and some equipment and some stuff and started making recipes, different balls. Yeah. Well, and with that, how, do you, how, how, what inspires you to make a new recipe or like decide to, you know, oh, hey, I've got this idea for, uh, say, a chicken something, you know, chicken jalapeno meatball. Like, mm-hmm. how do you just one day, you know, you wake up and you're like, hmm, you know what would be nice? Uh, chicken jalapeno meatball. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, honestly, it's, can I do it? Like, it'll, I'll, okay, so I'm sitting there, I'm eating a Reuben sandwich. Mm-hmm. And I was like could I make a ball like a Reuben ball? How would I do that? And what would the parts be? Maybe I'm eating a Cuban I'm down in Florida, you know? Yeah. And so it's uh, almost like constructing it backwards. Yes. In a sense, like you, you, you like reverse engineering, you reverse engineer something and try to put it into a meatball. Yep. And can't, you know, like, is it possible? How, so a chicken pot pie ball, how, how am I going to do that? Is it going to be, crust and 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 the filling and everything like as a ball is it going to be the filling with crust around it um so anything you could think of from savory to sweet um i've I've done pancake balls for example so like uh breakfast sausage Mm -hmm. dipped in pancake deep fried um grilled cheese balls the reuben ball so i made um rye dough and then I um, basically formed the um, corned beef and the sauerkraut um, into a ball. And, like, you, you can use molds, like cake pop molds oh, and things yeah, like yeah. that. So you form it into a ball, wrap it in the dough, and then make, like, a Thousand Island dip. So, like, the grilled cheese balls, they have a tomato, like, a tomato soup, like, tomato bisque dip. Okay, yep. Um, so it's, like, I take it not just an individual item, but like I look at a plate of food sometimes, right? Like grilled cheese and tomato soup. I'm like, could I, how can I make that, um, a ball? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so far, I think about balls a lot. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> well, I wouldn't, I would be careful where you say that out loud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> might, uh, might just watch, you know, where your, your mm-hmm. surroundings could get you in a little trouble. Uh, <laughs> people quite, when I say I want balls.com as my, website people are like yeah right yeah. okay mm-hmm. do you ever feel like i know because you know and and you know like i'll you know if we don't want to talk about this i'll cut it out but okay i just you know, we talked before you know you talk about your you know you've had some struggles with your mm-hmm. restaurant ups and downs mm-hmm. and i mean that's with any business you're gonna have that but do you feel like part of your struggles is because of like the name and marketing of your business? Like people, like for instance, your website is iloveballs.com. I want ball. I want. Or I want. Ball. Don't go to oh, iloveballs.com, oh, no. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> do not. You're right. You're right. It's I want balls.com. I want balls. <laughs> but still, the, on the same same lines, do you feel like? Because as as a consumer myself, I'm like, I don't know if I want to type that into my. Yeah, I don't know if I want that in my Google history. <laughs> I, I was just talking. <laughs> okay, so funny story. I was living in Florida, and I was gonna, I was gonna, I was working with someone to open a ball joint, um, in Florida. Uh huh. Beautiful, right by the beach. You know, this amazing neighborhood and and all this. And um, I'm sure people are familiar with Publix uh, grocery stores. You know, yep. huge chain down there. 
um, very, they're very fundamental. They're very conservative company. So <laughs> we were looking at uh, renting a space and it was like going to be a perfect space and everything. Um, that uh, lease with our, like it hit someone's desk at corporate and they shut it down. They were like, uh, they're not, not with that website. <laughs> it does not align with our values. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got an email and I was like, but it's meatball. What, what, what am I supposed to? Yeah. So I mean, because in high, like I, the name of your restaurant is great. The ball joint. Yeah. You know, I, I got to be honest. When I first moved here, it caught my attention right away. Mm. I was like, what is this place? Uh, at, you know, my first thought was, is that like uh, is that like a ball bearing place? Uh, yeah. You know, and then uh, but it was enough that it got me that I had to look it up. I was like, OK, I need to see what this is. And then I realized, oh, it's meatballs or, you know, or, or, you know not just meatballs, but <laughs> Well, I mean, you, you <laughs> yeah. said that you're taking things and, you know, you're making them into a ball or whatever yeah, to, yeah. Know, to consume. But the, the primary thing, obviously, was meatballs as well. <laughs> right. And, right. And, but when it, I was like, oh, the ball joint, that's – Now it makes sense. That makes sense. And that's a very clever name. It's very clever uh, because, it, like I said, it got my attention right away. Yeah. I was like, I got to see what that is. Then I saw that it was a restaurant. I was like, now I got to go into that restaurant. And herein lies the conundrum. <laughs> so – in a sense, it accomplished exactly what we're setting out to do with it. Yeah, get people's attention. Right? Yep, absolutely. What is this? What is this? So my shirts, to me, the shirts um, that we have are like the most risque. Yeah. So if we're being really honest, um, first off, I called it the ball joint because I didn't want meat in the name. Because yeah, you're not doing just meat. Right, right. So yeah. I wanted people. I, so I, I, didn't, I also didn't want people to think we were an Italian restaurant. We do Italian foods. But we're not an Italian restaurant. So there was a lot of thought that went into it. A side note, I was just talking to someone who has a professional – like they're like $10,000 a website and marketing strategy. And you're a marketing guy. Yeah. like So you know this. Like this person is for real, like legit. And I was talking to them the other day and was like, yeah, you know, do you work with small businesses? Would you be interested in helping me? develop a marketing strategy and so she's like well the first thing i would do is uh change your website, website. yeah <laughs> it's funny too because that was the first thing i thought of too when i saw the yeah. website i was like at that well that would be something i think i would change mm-hmm. i mean i would still have that just because it's funny and because that's the nice thing about websites you can have multiple you can redirect to redirect mm-hmm. but i uh where you could do because i'm also a comedian so i have a i feel like i have a pretty good sense of humor so mm-hmm. to me I think it's all hilarious. Yeah. I think it's great, and and I think it's it and it also makes you stand out from normal your normal restaurants. Mm-hmm. But then my marketing side's like, but yeah, I also see why people might not want to yeah. type that in to their, a, their browser. It's a fine line, like <laughs> where sort of the, the line between funny and fun and uh, poor decorum. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. Frankly. I don't want people thinking about scrotums and balls yeah, when yeah. they're eating my food. I, you know, like I, I don't want that. It's, it's, uh, the female form is is lovely and beautiful. So Hooters, do your thing. The male form is a utilitarian, yeah, I, yeah uh, exactly. junkyard. <laughs> the male body. So I don't want, you know, so I don't want to conjure certain things. Uh, in people's minds when they're eating my food. So it's been an interesting line to walk. Like, so we have the I heart ball shirts and the yep. professional ball handler. And, and 
I've had t-shirt companies there. Like I'm just paying them to make my t-shirts and they're like, do you think maybe we could put just the name, the ball joint on the front and this on the back? <laughs> and I'm like, no, because people look at that and they're like, I, what is that? I have to yeah. know what is on the back of that t-shirt professional ball handler or I heart balls. And so imagine as a marketing guy, and I'm not saying I'm right. I'm I'm wrong some of the times because people still yeah. are like. Uh, someone the other day commented on a social media and said, "I'm not going there because of the website and the place called Balls and stuff." And I'm like, "Well," and I responded, like, with all due respect, what would you like me to call a place that does balls? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like how to how, like please help me help me understand. So it's been like this juggling, yeah, I believe that juggling thing of like, eh, people are going to make jokes no matter what. Do I yeah. embrace it? Do I not? Yeah. Well, and I think I mean it, it's you know, again finding that fine line, but I feel like there is a market. I mean, for example, there's a brewery here in town. It's one of my favorite breweries, uh, probably that I've ever been to. It's called Big Beaver Brewing, and <laughs> yes. it's just full of innuendos. <laughs> all their T-shirts, all the most of their merch are are, mm-hmm. are very. They, they, all the names of the the beers are are in into windows and like double to, entendre yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's hilarious mm-hmm. it is amazing and uh same thing you know but people there are people that go there just because of that they they you know they come to visit loveland and look up breweries and then they see this brewery that yeah. you know they start looking at some of these beers and some of those names and they're like now nah, i want to go check that out <laughs> and they go and and they have a good time and they you know and then they buy a bunch of merch too yeah. but but again it's that you know that fine line and where you know where do you land or how do you get around that yeah we uh, i i've had parents you know like on both sides some parents are like you know this is this is coarse and <laughs> off color or whatever and i've had other parents um like oh my kids they laugh and you know I want balls.com. Ha ha. And it's like, uh, imagine if you rent a billboard or a, one of these like bus stop bench. Yeah. And, um, I've thought about it and you just put www.iwantballs.com. That's it. <laughs> like that's the ad. Yep, yep. Right. You know, so got milk. I want balls.com. People are going to be like, what? <laughs> you're, you're definitely going to get their attention. So my sales Whether, may not go up. My my web traffic is maybe. I mean, you'll get. I feel like in that case, you'll get their attention. Whether they'll actually go look will be one thing. That's where they'll be like, "Do I want to find out what this is or not?" You know what business I'm really in, Dan? This is the business I'm really in, and it's. I've been waiting for it'd be about twelve years now, or whenever out of ten ish years, I'm waiting for the porn company in palo alto to contact me for iwantballs.com for a quarter of a million you're just holding on to that website so you can sell it that's really what this whole business is all about that's and and that's a great business strategy i hope that works out for you i will i will sell that url in a heartbeat six six figures it's done so anybody listening if uh if you want that that url it is for sale (laughs) yes everything has a price oh yes (laughs) But going back, let's go back to the actual like the the, the food and stuff because the food's amazing. Mm. I've had the food there, uh, and you have all these different concepts for you know balls for <laughs> food. It's hard not to laugh yeah, now that we've no, been laughing about it. <laughs> but you know you have great foods, great sauces, things like that. When you decide to add something new to the menu, 
like say for example you 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 you're out and you have a Reuben and now you're like oh, I want to make this into a ball to serve at my restaurant. How long does it take you to you have that vision and then you play around, come up with your recipe or figure out how you're going to do it and then you add it to the menu? What's the process like for that? Well, sometimes it's minutes and sometimes it's years. <laughs> <laughs> really, like um, it. I'll get an idea for something, you know, first off, everything on my menu is something I've made for someone mm -hmm. like personally for a friend, for family, for people. Um, I just, I love to host. If that makes sense. Like yeah. I, I love to host and to me, food. So do is you the... do a lot of like catering then? Is that too? Or have you, cause I feel like if you really like to host, like, and, and provide food like catering is a really good avenue. For oh that. yeah, for sure. Catering, catering is great for that. And really what I've done because, so I'm in love with cooking and with mm -hmm. food. Yep. Um, always have been, always will be like, that'll never go away. It's just, you know, yeah. in, in, in my nature, uh, part of the fabric of who I am, I'm not currently in love with the business. Well, yeah. I mean, running a business, nobody, I feel like there are very few people who love running a business, mm -hmm. especially when you're coming at it from the being passionate about whatever, whatever it is. You know, I yeah. used to run a comic book store. Uh, I was very passionate about nerdy things. Mm. I still am now, but I was not passionate about learning how to, you know, do QuickBooks and payroll mm. and hire people and learn all these laws involved with having employees. And me, me and my business <laughs> right now are in the, we're in the it's like double digit, <laughs> double digit year. We're, we sleep in separate rooms. <laughs> um, the ball joint is a biatch and she thinks I'm a total asshole. And, um, and we're going along to get along right now. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. Yeah, um, definitely been there. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's, um, and we were talking about this, you know, off mic earlier, yeah. just on a personal note that um, learning to let go, I'm learning to let go of the business, what I wanted it to be. And really that marriage analogy can continue because, you know, we all have these wide eye things about this relationship and romance and love and marriage and life. Yep. And, and then how, what the final outcome will be. Yep. And 50% or more of people get however long into it and it's just not that mm -hmm. and then it becomes about accepting the reality of what it is or are you going to try to force it and make it something maybe that it isn't yeah yeah and then that usually you know brings a lot of destruction with it mm. you know you know because when you're trying to force something to work you know, whether it's you're know, running a business or whatever, because then that starts to deteriorate on one's mental health and one's physical health and Ooh, things boy. like that. You know, yeah. that all comes with it. So it's yeah, it's definitely there's got to be a point where you're just like, all right, I just got to let this go for your own health and well-being. Really. Yeah. yeah. Well, interestingly, this this podcast is um is is, is a mental health exercise for me <laughs> and a good one because you're you're bringing me to that place of remembering that I love cooking mm -hmm. and I love making people happy with food. We are, we are primal creatures, right? Yep. Very primal. There's three things we want. If, if we got dropped in the middle of nowhere, 
don't know if you've ever watched the show Alone. I have. You know, where they, they get dropped in <laughs> yep. the middle. What's the first thing they do? Shelter. Yep. So they need shelter and safety. Humans, shelter, safety first. The second thing they do, food. Yep. Right? Um, and then after that is pleasure. You know, like they'll sit and whittle or, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, to kill time. Entertainment. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, but it's, Try not to go nuts. That's right, yeah. <laughs> but, but that second most important thing after safety, after knowing that, you know, a bear isn't going to come eat you, um, is you eating. Yep. And so I just know that it doesn't matter who it is. Could be someone who hates my guts, but I can make them something. I can make something for them to ingest, to put in their mouth that can make them happy. And, and that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's amazing. No, that's, and you're right. You're not wrong. I mean, I, I love food. I mean, you can tell by looking at my body, <laughs> <Yeah>. my stature. <laughs> so I can, I can contest. Uh, I didn't uh, say <laughs> I, You didn't have to. I'll admit it. I'm loud and proud. I like, I like a good meal. <laughs> Hell yeah. You can, you can call me a lot of things, but don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> As they say. <laughs> Yeah, man, it, it, cooking, it, you know, it just, um, it's someone like Anthony Bourdain and, and Gordon Ramsay, these people, they, they have shown just how food goes across everything. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we're just, well, it's, it's a good way to bring people together too. It's kind of like, you know, with comedy, one of the great things about comedy is everybody laughs. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to laugh, you know, and there are a very few, very, very, very few exceptions. But for the most part, it doesn't matter what, where you come from, what your walk of life is. Everybody wants to laugh. Humor brings that together. Like mm-hmm. you can take people from all different walks of life, put them in one room and make them laugh and they will laugh together as a community forget about all their differences outside of that room Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing food does the same thing i feel like food brings people together going back to what you're talking about with the family dinners and you know you have events and and that where people you know that's the focus oh hey we're gonna go hang out let's go out to dinner it brings old friends together you know there's all kinds of different forms where that can happen, yeah. and it's because of the you know the food. It, the joke is like um, the, the the focal point. Yes, absolutely. The the fulcrum of you know where things meet, and when you think about that, like that meeting point and the fulcrum of a lever, and the way that a lever can lift much more weight uh, than someone just trying to pick it up. Mm-hmm. You know that that focal point there, that fulcrum can create this lever that lifts everybody up to a place of so think about it like how hard is it to stay angry like to just be mad and be thinking about being upset or being sad or whatever like when you're taking a bite of food <laughs> like yeah, when you were looking right. at your plate right or when yeah. you're listening to a comedian and you're laughing yep. you're you're literally you it's impossible to think at the same time that you're laughing of being pissed off about that person that cut you off in traffic. And really, I look at food the same way. Um, I can take people places um, and take them away um, with food. No, that's, you know? that's yeah, that's great. Uh, going back into this, you know, I'm going to start wrapping up here a little bit. Yeah. Are there any other local chefs like within the Loveland or surrounding areas that inspire you? Because I'm sure like it, within your business, 
you you know it's got it's like most businesses you know other people you network with other people you probably get together sometimes and chat about what's going on in you know the industry a little bit are there other people in the area that inspire you um i don't know anyone personally like oh, okay. you know what i mean like yeah. I, I don't have real any real personal connections with any chefs mm-hmm. um i i pro- prob that has a lot to do i'm sure with imposter well, syndrome that i have where yeah. I don't feel worthy. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a, I can a, relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have imposter a, syndrome. It's, exactly. It's real. <laughs> it is a real thing. And I have a second job right now where I'm working under a chef. The guy, you know, has 25 years experience. And I mean, he can do things with eggs. You know, he can do 10 different things with eggs. I didn't even know like you could do to an egg. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yes. is that even legal? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure you should be handling it that way, but he does it. And I mean, he's flipping like four eggs at a time over easy. And I'm like, that's insane. <laughs> so like, I'm a, I'm a really good cook. Yeah. I know that. I know my palate. I know my food. I, I know I can make great food. Um, but Chefs, you know, they pay a price, and most of them went to school, and so like I, I and worked, I, yeah, went to school, worked in yeah, restaurants, worked their way up. They know yeah. things I've never even thought of before. Yeah. Um. So you know, I, um, I'm inspired by places. Um. I went to a place in Fort Collins recently, the Social, that little speakeasy. Okay. Bar yeah. I, place. I've heard of it. Yeah. You got to go. It's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. The food. They have this um, Mexican street corn dip. Oh, wow. That sounds amazing. I mean, you know, it's like simple. Like, okay, yeah, I'll throw some corn and some cheese and salt and pepper in a thing and call it a dip. Man, the flavor profile on that thing was (laughs) unreal. So, like, there's places. um, And every place, like downtown Loveland, there's so many places. Like, they have that one, those one or two things that are just amazing. So like I admire from a distance, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, I'm inspired by what I see other chefs and other cooks accomplish and inspired by their food and, and stuff. Oh, no, I can see that. Yeah. That's, that, that's gotta be an interesting thing too. When you're, when, when you are, you know, within that industry going and observing it in other, you know, other form, not other formats, but other places and stuff. And it's hard to get, go to other places when you're busy running your own business. <laughs> That's the big one. That, that that becomes a big hindrance on a lot of things. I mean, <laughs> as much as, and this, this podcast is about Loveland and highlighting Loveland and Loveland's yep. a wonderful place. Um, but I realized uh, it was about a year ago that I hadn't been out of Loveland in almost two years. Like oh, it was, wow. it was an insane of course. COVID was a big part yep. of it, but starting the business, um, I, I started the business in March of 2020. Oh yeah. So right. like, um, it was, it was, it was crazy, but you know, kind of on the other side of starting the business and, um, the main part of COVID lockdown and all that, I, I was like, I, I have not been out of Loveland in over a year. You know, that's just how yeah. much a business can Oh know, yeah, it's it's life consuming. Your soul. <laughs> it's life consuming, that's for <laughs> yeah. sure. Of your own creations. Mm-hmm. Get to toot your own horn here. Of your own creations. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be something that was at you know, necessarily that you have you've made for your restaurant. It can just be 
or whatever. What's mm-hmm. what what's one of your favorite or what's one of the your most proud creation that you've done? Like you you went out, you saw that you ate something, you're like, I want to make this into a ball or I want to make a different version of this or whatever. Mm. That is an interesting question. Um I would say my proudest sort of culinary achievement was um my my uh my ex-wife her favorite breakfast is eggs benedict and i'm like how can i do a ball version somehow of eggs benedict and and there's like the easy it's like okay i could make uh the the same dough like you'd make an english muffin i could make this like english muffin ball or whatever i'm like can i make an egg a poached egg a ball like a perfect ball. And um, yeah, so I experimented until I finally was able to create a poached egg ball. Wow. And and it was on top of, you know, the the, the ham and uh, the English muffin. And I made the, uh, you know, made everything from scratch and hollandaise. Couldn't think uh, of the word yeah, hollandaise, ho- but yeah, yeah I made the hollandaise. hollandaise and, oh, wow. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, so that, that was like a big achievement, but um Honestly, like, I feel like eh, this is cheesy way to say it, but everything on my menu is there because I like it. Mm-hmm. Because I eat it, like seriously, like I eat it, I enjoy it, and I know people I care about or don't. Yeah, <laughs> you know, every, yeah. I know people have enjoyed those things. Yeah, and absolutely. people all the time they're like, "Why don't you have this on the menu? And you need this, and you should have salads, and you should have this." I'm like, you know what? There's 10 places that do in a block that. from here. Go get a great salad from there. Um, yeah. Or uh, I, I don't know. There was something recently. I, I can't remember what the item was. I'm like, I don't like that. So, I mean, I could put it on the menu, but I just feel comfortable putting on the menu and putting in front of people what I enjoy mm-hmm. because I'm proud really of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I know I made this. I ground this meat. I you know, chopped kind of this garlic true, and staying true to your, your, your artist or your art form, you know, it's, you know, you're not selling out. You start putting stuff that other people want and then it's, it becomes selling out as an artist. Correct. Essentially. Yeah. 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 Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to, well, we all want to sell out in the sense that we want to get paid, but uh, yeah, still want to have our dignity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we're going to wrap up with these, a uh, couple few questions. Uh, one of the most important questions, since this is a podcast based on Loveland and the area. And I, I know you said that you've been busy to where you haven't got to go out as much. You haven't left Loveland, but when you're not working and running your restaurant and doing all the things, what is one of your favorite spots to hang out in Loveland? Doesn't have to be a restaurant either. I mean, it can be wherever you like to hang out in Loveland. Oh. Um, I just like the downtown area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just a, and I you know there are there are lifelong Lovelanders who have seen it come from nothing. Yeah. Um, I think I heard one of your guests like grew up here and like yeah there was a McDonald's and a this and a that like it's just but even since I've been here, um, what Fourth Street and Fifth Street between like Garfield down to say like before Washington, mm-hmm. um, basically like West end lounge to East end. Um, so I just spent a lot of time walking around that area. Um, 
and I go in all different places. So yeah, um, obviously I'm down there a lot. So yeah. I think the downtown area is fantastic. I I really enjoy it. Yeah, because um, it's it's like you said, you can just go walk around downtown and maybe pop into a different place here and there, but you don't. It's still cool just to go walk around. Yeah, you know, yeah. You don't have to actually go into any any place. It's still cool to walk around, look at the you know, see what's down there, and appreciate the art. Like, yes. like we talked about, there's a lot of art downtown. There's the statues, there's sidewalk art, there's murals. So yeah, um, I I think um, Boyd Lake area is really great. Um, really, I, I actually want to get a bike <laughs> um, and start biking. It's mm-hmm. something I've never done. I had a stroke uh, a few years back, and so like I have some trouble with my legs. So uh, there's a lot of joggers and hikers and stuff in this area, right? And um, mm-hmm. My leg doesn't really is inclined <laughs> to do that, <clears throat> but bike riding it should be uh, able to do that. Yeah, yeah. So like Lake Loveland, but Boyd Lake in particular, um, if you go up 287 and turn right on 37th, um, there's a Walgreens right there on the corner and turn right and go that little scenic route um, and over by Boyd Lake and stuff's beautiful. I really, I really like that. I'll have to check that out. I don't yeah. think I've been out to the Boyd Lake area yet. But. Yeah, right on 37th and just just follow it. Okay. Yeah. It's awesome. Nice. I'll have to check that out. All right. Well, this has been great. Uh, do you want to direct people anywhere? You know, plug anything. This is the time to do it. If you want to, if you want to try to get them to go, I want balls dot com. <laughs> you can send them that way. <laughs> do not go to I love balls yeah. dot com <laughs> or, or or redirect them from where yes. I said. <laughs> oh man. Um, I, you know, maybe it was, I, I couldn't believe so I want balls was available when I was looking for URLs and I probably I got honest, it just, I think I, I would, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I can't, I can't. <laughs> no. So we're, um, just real quick, I guess I'll say that, um, I, w- we're in an old house, mm-hmm. you know, we're in a 110 year old house and I originally was just going to do carry out and delivery. And then when COVID hit, I was like. Okay, you didn't my, really have a choice. My, yeah, no, no choice. And my model, my model fit really well with the situation. Um, well, then the Cooking Channel show came up, and and they're like, you know, I, I said I don't have any in, in seating or anything, and and they said, well, do you want to be on a national show or not? You can decorate and get on a show. So I sold out, <laughs> and we ended. So I ended up getting wrapped around the axle. Um, trying to compete with everybody else mm-hmm. and be a rest, be a normal restaurant, yeah. like all the other restaurants downtown. And you know what? We're not a normal restaurant. No, um, we're different. You're not supposed to, you're, you're trying to stand out. Yeah. You have your specialty and, and you, you know, you're, you're looking for your market. Yeah. So we're just, we're open on the weekends now. And then we're really, I, I'm trying to sort of pivot the model a bit for people to, um, utilize the space so that I can get into that hospitality side of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People, do you want to have a graduation party? Do you want to have a dinner party? Do you just want to have your family? It's in an old house, right? So get your 10 people together and, and I'll make you dinner. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, you know, let me cook for you and, and that kind of thing. So come watch the football game with us, hang out. Um, so yeah, we're, um, I just hope if, if people listen to this, um, that they'll understand we're we're unconventional mm-hmm. and and sort of modify your expectations and just come enjoy a hole in the wall with some pretty good food. Yeah, well, I, I guess my my uh, 
I've always found that the hole in the walls always have the best mm. food. That's what I was trying to get to. I mean, yeah. some of the best places I've ever eaten were the places I would have least expected Absolutely. to be the best places yeah, that I've yeah. been eating. So <laughs> and the, the the joke about me, the people that know me, is that I'm an old Italian grandmother in a grown man's body. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really, like, when people come up, when we hang out, they're like, Brian, you can, like, just sit down or <laughs> watch the game or whatever. I'm like, do you have enough of the food? Did you say <laughs> So, uh, you know, come to the ball joint and let us take care of you and just come be our friends and come enjoy some good food. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it, man. It was an honor. Wow, Brian has such an incredible story about his journey that led him here to Loveland, Colorado and opening up his restaurant, The Ball Joint. Again, I emphasize, go check out The Ball Joint. It's great food. Uh, The food is delicious. I highly recommend that you go check it out. Uh, And again, remember, they have uh, weekend hours now, so go support them while you can. And I hope that listening to that conversation, you get a better understanding of what it's like for small business owners and artists running their own business. It's been difficult times, especially with the pandemic. And I'm not going to preach about the pandemic because it's it's just something that happened. It's part of our history, and it impacted everybody. But I hope that that really sheds light on why it's so important that we support our local businesses, our local artists, our local entertainers to help our local culture thrive so go support those things go support your local businesses go support your local artists entertainers do all the things do your part we all have a part to play and uh, that's your part so go do it all right we're gonna start wrapping up before but before we do we got to take care of the business Uh, are you listening to this podcast to find out what's going on are you listening to this podcast because you enjoy the conversations if those are all true things about you or if you're just listening to the podcast out of spite that's that's fine too. But if you're listening to this podcast and you think that uh, what we're doing here is great and it's a good service to the community, I need you to do me a favor, a couple favors. One, tell a neighbor. That's most important. Word of mouth about this podcast is what I feel like is going to help it grow and uh, continue to grow so that we can keep putting out a great, uh, great podcast for the community of Loveland, Colorado. So tell a neighbor. Make sure that uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, if you can, leave a five-star rating and review. That will help other people discover the podcast. So that helps, again, helps us grow the show, which is very important. We're a very new podcast. We're still finding our way and uh, finding our, our balance and, and, and getting our flow together. And I think it is coming along, as you can tell, if you've listened to all the episodes up until now. You can see that it's it's coming along. It's It might be slow going, but it is every week. I think it's getting a little bit better. So make sure you do those things. If wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you follow, subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify Podcasts. We're on all the major podcast platforms. So make sure wherever your whatever your choice is to listen to this podcast, make sure that you've subscribed to the podcast. And again, if you want to get in contact with us, if you have feedback, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, or you have an event that you would like featured on the podcast, I encourage you to send us an email. Email us that information to 
whatsgoodloveland at gmail.com. Again, that's uh, the email is whatsgoodloveland at gmail.com. Send that over to me. I would gladly get your event featured in our event segment. If you have some nice feedback, you want to say something nice, I may read it on an upcoming episode of the podcast. Uh, if you're mean to me, I'll probably just delete it and uh, ignore it. If it's uh, good, uh, constructive criticism, I might even put that into place to improve the podcast. I'm always open-minded about things like that. So if you want to get in contact, make sure you send us that email, whatsgoodloveland at gmail.com. Again, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash whatsgoodloveland. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening and supporting another local artist. And uh, I hope I see you tonight at the Big Beaver for the Big Beaver Laughs and Drafts. And we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. And remember to stay good. Love one.